Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich Omis, episode 91. Brian Moodsley is a full-time entrepreneur and the managing director of Inside Man Social Media. Brian helped massive brands launch new products, nationally trained over a thousand people to better master multiple social media platforms to allow them to grow their own business. Over the past 20 years, Brian has been involved with various businesses that were directly related to technology and often the Internet directly. Brian's latest business, Inside Man, is in the social media space, where he is educating people, entrepreneurs and businesses on how best to use amazing technologies to enhance their opportunities and grow their communities in the social media space. Brian Motley, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so happy you are here. And I just shared with our audience what you've done until now. And I would like to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today? And where are you heading? Well, the company, when it started, had a particular vision. And as all entrepreneurs realize as they build their business that sometimes that vision needs to shift a little bit. And in, in the last 18 months, my focus has been very much around taking all I understand about the digital space and getting people online in a way where it is affordable, stress-free, and ultimately gives them all the advantages that the big businesses have access to. And to elaborate on that, What I'm doing is I'm offering a variety of smaller uh, website solutions and social media solutions that literally are, I don't want to say plug and play, but they are the type of thing where the entrepreneur can get on or the business owner or the influencer or the model or whoever can just get on with doing what they're good at and let us do the digital stuff. So I know it's a, a potentially a answering a couple of questions in one, but hmm. where I find A lot of the pain that I see in the business world today is people trying to do everything. And that's something where I find... Oh, this is one of... I just wrote about this. Entrepreneurs, especially entrepreneurs, are trying to do everything instead of doing only what they're really good at and, and winning the business. That, I agree completely. But being an entrepreneur myself, I, I remember when I started the business... You have very little choice. Uh, more often than not, you have very little uh, resources, so you can't pay people to do the stuff. And unless you're going to start giving away parts of your company to get people on board, you are the CEO, the CFO, the accounts clerk, the coffee maker, the toilet cleaner. <laughs> sure. And, and, and really, it, the, the trouble with that approach is you can't do all of those things very well And, and, and it's challenging. So when I, I, I'm often involved in entrepreneur startup events and things like this. And, the, and one of the biggest pains I see is 
is entrepreneurs being spread so thin that they often lose sight of what it is that they're trying to do because they just don't have the time. So definitely agree. I really like the opportunity for it, where I can provide a a relief, if you like. And when you consider the importance of a good website and a reasonably good uh, marketing campaign, that is a big chunk of time that the entrepreneur no longer needs to allocate to that and rather can focus on what they're good at. So that's what I'm passionate about, primarily with entrepreneurs and business owners who are struggling to wrap their head around the digital environment. I've got 20 years in IT, the last six or seven years, primarily in the digital space, built in excess of 500 websites in my days. Wow. And as a result, I, I have a good understanding of the space and I try to take the pressure off so people can grow their business. And in reality, if people grow their businesses and expand, then they start employing people. When they start employing people, that has an impact on GDP anywhere in the world and that uplifts everybody. So it, it's all good. It sounds so interesting because I think really you are... You know, we're having here, I have here a lot of guests and they're doing different things. Most of them are not specifically serving entrepreneurs and all of them are entrepreneurs by themselves. But you're offering something that's really answering a pain that I'm uh, dealing all day with because I'm working with entrepreneurs and startup founders about building a business out of their idea. And they are all struggling not only in terms of marketing, also in terms of uh, producing and shipping and everything. They're trying to, you know, invent the wheel from the beginning. I think the problem with marketing is that they have so many offers and so many people are talking about it. They are getting so many advice, uh, so much advice that a lot of them are not really for them. So I would like to ask you, to explain a bit more about what you're offering startups and entrepreneurs and small businesses. I believe that almost any small business today is a kind of entrepreneur. So sure. can you be a bit more specific what you are uh, offering? Okay. So my company's name is uh, Inside Man. Yeah. Uh, it all started back in the day. Before I started my business, my dad ran a small, um, I don't know how you would put it internationally. It, it's it's a local product called Biltong. It's a, like a beef jerky. It's dried meat. Anyway, he was running that business and, and he needed a website. And he came to me knowing I was in the technology space. And he said, I need a man on the inside. Hmm. And that's where the name came from. And, and in fact, the whole company was built on the idea of making or, or giving the, the entrepreneur or business owner the impression that we were working on the inside of their company to do the, the digital um, elements. Sure. That said, I just thought I'd give that little bit of a context. So what I did was a couple of years ago, I, I came across a, a group of uh, interns who were all basically trying to build little businesses while at university, and all of them needed a website. Sure. And none of them had any funding to do the website. And through working with them, we came up with a product which I refer to as the Insider. Now, the, the Insider is effectively a low-cost, pay-as-you-go type website that allows them to get a beautifully functional, operational website, a full-time support person for life, 
managing updates, changing things on the website, whatever needs to be done at a fixed monthly fee and something that is obviously really affordable. And the idea there was that that element would no longer need to be a headache for the entrepreneur or business owner. Okay. Then that led on to the next step, which is obviously the marketing. Having at least five years experience in the digital marketing space, I realized there is not one single platform that is that silver bullet. You actually need to appreciate that your customers aren't going to be on your preferred platform. Hmm. Now, me personally, I absolutely love Twitter. I've recently started becoming a little bit uh, friendly with Instagram, always on Facebook, LinkedIn here and there. However, I need to put across that a lot of times business owners have a preference to a particular platform, yet that's not necessarily where your customers are. Sure. So what I've developed is what I refer to as the social media formula. Now, the social media formula runs on a three, six or nine day cycle. It's not designed to be a campaign type approach, which is extremely um, high impact over a short period of time, yeah. often with large cost involved. It's also not designed as a maintenance, which is your daily posting and, and just keeping the account alive. It's more of a hybrid of those two. Oh. And what it does is it starts with a blog article that obviously needs to be posted on the website that we would have built for the client. Yeah. And the article needs to primarily be something that is topical and interesting, not necessarily a hard sell, not necessarily marketing the products or the services of the entrepreneur or the business owner, but rather a interesting article that is going to have a much wider reach. Sure. In the article, there needs to be what I refer to as a bridging term. One of the points within the article can be led, you can lead or bridge to something that the entrepreneur is trying to market. Sure. And that's where you put your call to action. For the rest of the cycle, the three, six or nine days across Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, Google Plus, and potentially LinkedIn, yeah. there will be Posts relating to the article, not to the product or call to action, but the article itself sure. to increase brand awareness and trap the site. Which is what all social media is about, but a lot of them aren't familiar with that, isn't it? That's true. I, I find that a lot of businesses that get onto social media think it is a selling tool. Sure. And as much as it can be used to sell, it is far more effective in creating brand awareness and building customer relationships. And you can't do that if you try and sell straight out of the gate. You need to add value. Sure. And the whole point of the cycle is to add value to the end user, to who sees the entrepreneur as something or someone who is adding value to their life. And that's the starting point of the, the relationship. Now, what I've done with these cycles is I've made them also very affordable in such a way that a, yeah. an entrepreneur can load their website and run a six-day cycle this month, a three-day cycle the month after, a nine-day cycle as and when they want. Because it is not campaign-driven or maintenance-driven, yeah. it's a finite time, there's nice analytics involved. And all in all, I have found that it is proving to be quite successful. There are, there are a lot of the clients that I've worked with who are finding that this approach alleviates the stress of the constant everyday creating content as well as 
the stress around a aggressive campaign that lasts for a day. And this way they are free to get on with their business. We write the articles for them, we post the content, and then we simply give them a report at the end of the cycle where they can obviously see through Google Analytics as well as potentially sales on their site, how successful the cycle was. And all in all, the whole objective here is to allow the entrepreneurial business owner to do what they're good at and allow us to do what we're good at. Everybody wins. First of all, I do agree. However, a lot of service providers are saying, let us do it for you. What I find so interesting about what you are offering is um, I am a great believer in social media. The problem with social media is exactly what you are addressing because entrepreneurs think, oh, now for the rest of my life, I have every day to post so many posts and content and write articles. And it's like a no end, um, one big campaign. And what I understood from what you just explained that you managed to combine the idea of a short-term campaign with the social media world, isn't it? That's what we're trying to do. And the, the one thing is that we don't operate in the shadows. Every single activity we do, depending obviously on, on the client's requirements, everything we do is based sure. on a client signed-off brief. No content is distributed without sign-off. So uh, one of the biggest problems with entrepreneurs is control. They want to control everything. So what we try and do is we try and give the, the, the entrepreneur access and input, which means they feel they're still in control, yet we're doing the bulk of the, of, I don't want to call it grunt work, but we're on the ground. We're on the ground creating the content, taking the photographs, putting all of the information together so that a lot of, and, and let me tell you, the two biggest pain points that I hear from my clients I don't have the time, and what do I post? Sure. And both of those things we take care of. We manage it, and if I consider how much time an entrepreneur would need to spend on social media when we're involved, it literally is a five-minute phone call once a week, if that. Otherwise, we can send everything via email. They just simply read through it, sign off, and off you go. And that way, they're not spending time and they don't need to come up with original content. And they can always, obviously, still have access to all of the platforms, but we actually advise them not to because often we will have a strategy in, in place that them jumping in may result in the campaign being less effective. Yet, we don't, we don't restrict it. If you want to jump in, it's your account. You're more than welcome to. You just touched the, the most important point of marketing, and you said that you're not just posting, but actually you look at the things from your customer's point of view in order to make it a precise and successful uh, campaign for them. And I just want to ask you, you know, we are talking to entrepreneurs and we talk a lot about customer's approach and focus because this is something they are, they are lacking. They are so ready all the time to convince people that the product is good. So they're forgetting to look at their customers. And I would like to ask you, what would be your best advice to our listeners regarding customer, uh, customers' focus and customers' approach? I would say I, le I learned this many, many years ago in a, in a, a sales training program that I did, believe it or not, uh, as, as a call center agent, which as much as it is a, 
a painful job, but I learned a lot. And sure. the lesson that I learned is that people do things for one of two reasons, pain or pleasure. So as mm. an entrepreneur, and, and I would say that people generally act a lot faster when it's pain related. Pleasure can be at times delayed, but generally, if you want people to take action, you obviously find the pain. So what I, what I tell people is anytime you're about to talk to a customer or reach out to a potential customer, think to yourself, how is this person hurting? Hurt, hurt as a, a, everybody knows hurt. I mean, children grow up and, oh, I've hurt myself. You, that hurt sure. has, it's almost a instinctual level feeling. So if you can approach people with the mindset of trying to understand what is their pain right now, how are they hurting? And does my solution, I'm not talking me, Brian, I'm talking about the, the entrepreneur themselves. Does my solution alleviate that pain? Because I can tell you now, the biggest challenge we have in today's world, the economy is such that people are often selling or pushing products or services that the customer doesn't actually need because right. they need to make sales, they need to pay bills, they need to survive. And the danger with that is there's a lot of problems that come from it, but the very first one is that you effectively burn that bridge because the customer will buy now thinking that your product is going to them. When it doesn't, that customer is gone. Cross them off your CRM, delete them. They will very seldom, if ever, come back. And there's a very good chance that they will actually work against you because if I buy a product in the belief that it is going to solve a problem and it doesn't, that company that sold that to me is more than likely going to be the topic of conversation when people start talking about bad service or bad quality companies. That's right. And as a result, you really do yourself a disservice. Sometimes it is better to not make the sale than to make a bad sale. So my, my advice is, is the customer hurting? Why are they hurting? And will my solution stop that pain? And if the answer is proceed. If not, back off. Love this. I would like to ask you, um, I know already that you've got a lot of successes and we'll talk about it in a minute, but I would like you to share with us what was your biggest, most critical failure with customers, the one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most. Can you share this with us? Absolutely. It, was, it all came down to me being sold by Conman. Now, I think the, the key thing is that as an entrepreneur on your journey, you are going to meet a lot of different people. Many of these yeah. people will have, I don't want to say hidden objectives or hidden agendas, but anybody who offers you help in your journey, I don't want people to be pessimistic and, and skeptical of everything, but you need to be very careful who you partner with. Sure. Because at the end of the day, if you start... If you partner with somebody who does not necessarily have the same vision or has ulterior motives, you run the risk of potentially losing everything. And uh, probably about a year into my journey, I, I came across an individual who seemed extremely successful and it looked as if it was a, a great match. Had I done a little bit more research, 
and looked into things a little bit more thoroughly, I would have seen the fact that I was not the first entrepreneur that he had approached. And what ended up happening is that I put a lot of eggs in that basket and that basket then went missing. And as a result, it almost, I almost had to start from zero again. Wow. Without obviously going into too much detail, I would just say that the partner that I've selected at that time led me down a path that unfortunately caused a lot of pain. And, and as a result, I, I nearly lost the business. So I know, I know you are probably looking more at, uh, at specifics, but I can say... No, I think it's a great story. I don't need the names. I just need the story. And you are giving us the whole story. I don't think that would be appropriate. Sure, you're right. I think the lesson here is pick your partners carefully. Pick the people who are going to build this empire, this business that is effectively going to be your life uh, very carefully. And rather go it alone for a little while longer than just get in with the, the first person that comes along because it, it, it really could be a bad move. I agree with you so much and I love this story because You know, the f- first reason startups are failing or entrepreneurs are failing for, according to CB Insight Research, is there wasn't a market need, which is all what I'm doing and you are doing in our daily job. However, I think the higher reason that entrepreneurs are failing is actually finding the wrong partners. I think there are so many stories about, you know, not the right fit within the team or within the partner that you choose. And I think it's, it's one of the most important stories and advice. And now I would like to ask you to tell us the story about your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something that you did right about approaching your customers. Okay. So my very first customer is still with me today. Wow. The very first person I approached when I started my business, now bearing in mind, when I started my business, I didn't have any grand plans. My, my goal was to actually simply manage other people's Twitter accounts. That was what I enjoyed doing. And I thought, because I'm good at it, I would do that. Now, the thing is, hmm. that individual who is still a client of mine has become a good friend. And Through the relationship that we've built, he has opened up doors to the likes of uh, Barclays Africa, sure. um, Alan Gray. I'm not sure if Alan Gray is an international, but certainly Barclays Africa is a, a recognizable name. And I've then gone on to work on a number of projects based on his recommendation, his referral. And I would say that the, the, the success... Of the, the Barclays Africa and the, the big campaigns, as much as those were lucrative and great to put on one CV, I think my greatest success was always being available for my number one client. And he knows that he was my very first client, and he knows that he's still a client, and, and we are a mess daughter. I know his, uh, uh, he's come for dinner at my house, met my wife, you know so there's. There's a relationship there that goes beyond business. And I think as, as I consider what successes there are out there and greater successes, I, I think that I'm able to look at this individual and actually refer to him 
more than just a customer and as a friend. And I think for me, that is, that for me is a success. Definitely. I do agree with you. Uh, and this is a great story. I want to ask you, can you recommend the best, most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus, marketing or sales? However, I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list, but I'm looking for something that you are using and really help you to succeed. Sure. I, I remember... I remember reading this question and thinking to myself, how, how much time is this interview going to take? Because to identify one tool is challenging. I, I, would, I would actually say that the most effective tool is the telephone. However, in terms of a, a digital or technological tool that has helped me from a, a business point of view to manage the relationship with my customers, it, it's, it is in fact a CRM. And The, the reality is that when you start your business and you have five, five clients, you don't really need a CRM necessarily mm -hmm. because you know them each by name, you have their telephone numbers, and you can pretty much manage what's going on. When you have 50 clients, to maintain the relationship with each of them and know what was said in the last conversation, who does what, and so on and so forth, one needs to make use of a digital platform. Once upon a time, this was done in Excel. And eventually it became quite apparent that there are better tools out there. Mm -hmm. So I would have to say, look, without going into the names, because I've tried about six or seven different uh, CRM platforms. No, but I need the name of the best one, <laughs> of the one that works for you. The one that I'm using at the moment is called Less Annoying CRM. Whoa, whoa. That's, that's the actual name. And what's beautiful about it is it is really not annoying. Um, because when you look at some of the the bigger platforms and and as much as Salesforce is extremely powerful and it's integrated into Microsoft and all of these other um, uh, elements the the problem is that they are generally designed in my opinion for corporate yeah whereas the less annoying CRM is ideal for a growing business and It literally costs ten dollars per user per month so it's not wow. astronomical by no, any means it's not and it has it gives you the ability to to do everything that you would need to do in terms of creating leads pipelines managing your your relationships and integrates quite nicely into outlook so you can ensure that all your communications are kept in one place granted it doesn't have um, an app To run on on mobile but that is possibly the only negative that I can think of and to be honest I'm on my laptop most of the time so it's not that uh, I only need I, I need an app to run it so that is the tool that I use look I, I would also like to add that I think there is another tool that is extremely powerful but the problem is it's also overwhelming okay and that is whatsapp hmm. because I whatsapp groups with With each of my clients with each of the each of those clients there will be a designer the operations manager myself the salesperson and any of the the clients team and the, the trouble is when you get to 50 groups sure your 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 phone is um, you're busy all day on whatsapp and and it can become as I said overwhelming so it's useful but you need to obviously control it I love this advice so much. I love this uh, recommendation so much because I must say that uh, 
we've got a few recommendations for CRM. And like you, I've been trying a few. I even invented one 30 years ago when we just started and nobody called it CRM. And uh, somebody wrote it, um, I think, on a magic. However, I've been trying lately a few CRM systems, including Salesforce. They are great, but they are not for entrepreneurs in the beginning of the way. It's an issue that is not really solved for many entrepreneurs. So I really liked this recommendation and I'm going to look at it. And I'm sure our uh, listeners that need, still need CRM will look at it. So it's important to have the link and um, we will put the link in the show notes. If I can just add something to it, I will, I will definitely, um, well, I can send you the link, obviously, and we can just find it. But I think the, the thing about this particular CRM, and obviously I'm going to bat for them, even though obviously I've got no, uh, no ties with mm-hmm. them um, other than make use of the platform. What I find with a lot of big, bigger platforms is it, the learning curve to master nice. it is quite extensive. You, you, you need to take a good chunk nice. of time to understand the platform, to make it work for you. Right. With the less annoying CRM, I think they're eight videos and they're about three or four minutes long each. And it pretty much gives you everything you need to get started and use the platform practically. So that's something that I think is in their favor. Very important, very interesting. Especially for people who don't have time to go and learn a new platform, this is the ideal one. I hope that's helpful. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. And um, I'm not always asking this question, but I think it's very interesting in your case. And, um, you know, we all started as entrepreneurs from scratch and started to look for customers. And those of us who have run or have been marketers or sellers or whatever for many years knows that you, once it starts to work, you have in this point when you stop chasing after customers and start to attract them to you. And I want to ask you whether you approached this point and what was it? How, how did it happen? I, I would say that it's probably a hybrid where I, I don't chase customers um, so much as I do. I am proactive in looking for customers. But what I do is I try to there's a, there's a fantastic um, quote that I think is appropriate here. Hustle till you no longer need to introduce yourself. And <laughs> I, I forget where it's from, but I, I think it, from an entrepreneur point of view, you need to get out there so people know who you are. They see your expertise. They see your profile out there. And I think what has happened in my journey is that it's still – there are still people who don't know who I am and what we do, obviously, because the world is quite a big place, but there are those that do. And I think that the, the point came probably about three years into running the business where I'd obviously been making a lot of effort to get out there and showcase my expertise and the company that uh, what we could do, that it started to become that point where people were approaching us. So what I what I needed to do at that point was instead of having a hard sell outward facing approach, I started trying to leverage the 
the case studies and the recommendations of other people and making sure that that was front and center. So I would say that when you get to a point where people start phoning you, you almost need to make sure that your outward facing profile is no longer that of promoting yourself, but rather promoting your successes. If you start promoting your successes from the get-go, yeah. the trouble is that they see the success, but they don't necessarily see the team behind it. Whereas if you push yourself and the team mm -hmm. from the beginning, you almost become known to the world. And then eventually you can then start promoting your successes and people put the two together. I still think that five years from now, I will still be, I don't want to say chasing customers, but I'll still be proactively pushing my business um, and not just simply hoping business comes to me because that can be dangerous. I hope that answers the question. Hmm. It, it's, a, it's a great one. It's a great one. It's not exactly what I asked for, but it's even better because I think... Um, I even think that even Gary Vinichuk, who is uh, we, most I of know us who. know, of course, I think he's still, in a way, trying to um, attract customers and to uh, make more and more people know who he is, as you said. So I think this answer is um, answering the question. You know, there are many factors that affect our success, but I really believe that every person has... Every entrepreneur, every business owner has one key success factor that really helped them to succeed. And I want to ask you, what is yours? What is the thing that really works for you? What is your key success factor? The list, the list is quite long because each of them have their place. But above one. all else, I think that having a great wife and the belief from her that I will be successful has motivated me at my low points and encouraged me when things aren't going so well. However, in terms of, from a personal point of view, I feel that one needs to work hard. And I mean, it, it's been said a thousand times, tens of thousands of times, you actually have to do the work. If you want the success, you have to work hard. And I mean, for the first two to three years of my business, I literally was working 18 hours a day. And that was what I did to get off the ground. And the key success factor, in my opinion, in this journey of mine is once I realized that I could not work any harder, I realized that I needed to work smarter. And as cliched as mm. this statement is, The problem is that we are all limited by our personal understanding of our world. So when I realized that I needed to work smarter, I identified what I needed to, to actually work smarter. And the skills that I did not have, I acquired those so that I could, in fact, work smarter and not have to work 18 hours a day. So I think the, the key lesson here is You've got to work hard and you work hard to a point where you realize that you could work this hard for the rest of your life and not evolve or grow. At that point, you need to then identify what skills you need to basically be better 
so that you can no longer work as hard yet can work smart. Wow. Does that make sense? It does. It's not a one sort of, um, how can I put it? it? It's not one specific silver bullet. I think it's a very, it's very clear. And I think you have great capability of explaining complicated things in a very, in a very, I wouldn't say simple, but in a very clear way. <laughs> <laughs> My wife thinks I should have been a teacher. It is, it is. It's, it's great. I love both answers, of course. And the answer about uh, your wife having her as someone who believes in you, I think we all need at least one person like this. And I really love the second one. I think we all know that, but I don't think I ever heard somebody that say it so clear. So I love it. Thank you. And we are now at my last question. And my last question is my mountain question. And since I believe that this whole journey in the mind of the potential customer or consumer is like climbing a mountain, and now I'm planning this post about whether entrepreneurship is mountaineering or running a marathon. So you can also answer that if you want. But I started to ask my guests whether they ever climbed the mountain. And I do mean a physical mountain, literally a mountain. So did you ever climb a mountain or wished to climb a mountain or a mountain? Or do you have any plans on climbing a mountain? Do you have any relationships with mountains at all? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why I like this question is because you've got, there's two ways of answering it. And I'm actually going to use both. <laughs> so... The, the first way in terms of actually climbing a mountain, I feel like there is a great deal of effort involved in climbing a mountain and a great deal of skill. There's also a fair amount of risk. And before I met my wife, I reckon I would have signed up to climb any mountain if somebody asked me to. Really? Since meeting my wife, um, and even more so since my son was born, I have sort of toned it down a little bit to the point where I think, um, yeah, I, I actually am needed by people. And as a result, I uh, should probably not put myself in harm's way unnecessarily. So I can't say that I have any ambition to climb any particular real world mountain. Maybe, maybe Kilimanjaro, because it's the highest in Africa. But the, the second part is obviously the the more um, metaphorical mountain. And, and I think that I would rather use the marathon version as I am a runner. Hmm. In, in all fairness, I haven't run for a while, but I am a runner. I consider myself to be one. And I think that the, the beauty of a marathon, and only runners will truly understand this. I've done a few half marathons. I've never done a full marathon, but only runners will truly understand this. And that is that, Once you are fit enough to do a race, you actually get into almost a, I call it getting into the zone, and I'm sure it's used quite often, where everything is working the way it should be, and you just keep going. And it is, I personally find it after about three kilometers, which means that for the first three kilometers, almost any excuse to stop, I will. <laughs> But once I get past that kilometer, I almost I, I feel the shift almost happen 
it's it's so apparent that I know it's happening, and my breathing slows, my pulse rate slows, and I just get into that zone. And I think that from a metaphorical point of view, I personally think that I am I'm in that zone at the moment with my business. And now it's a matter of just pushing to get a personal best on my metaphorical marathon in that I want to be able to take all the skills and expertise that I've gathered and the team that I've created and the platforms and all of this. And it's funny, tomorrow I'm going to spend the next three days with, uh, with uh, some family and um, I work with my family. Uh, well, basically my sister and my dad work with me hmm. and um, we're going to be putting in place a plan for 2019 where everything is coming together. Literally every single element of the last five years of my business is all going to be put into a hopefully beautiful plan that rolls out in 2019 that will give us all the the rewards that we have been working for. So I'm about to run my personal best in 2019. Hmm. That's that's where I stand on my mountain or marathon. What a great answer and what a great way to actually conclude our interview. So first of all, I would like to wish you to run your marathon and enjoy every moment of it or climb your mountain during 2019. I wish us all to do that. And I would like to tell you, our listeners, that the best way to connect with Brian is through his website, insideman.co.za, or Brian Mutsley on Twitter or LinkedIn. I would like, Brian, to thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. I think you really spread some very, very important insights and advice and examples for entrepreneurs. So I would like to thank you for that. It's an absolute pleasure. I really do enjoy one of the, the biggest joys I get in life is being able to impart knowledge that is going to add value to other people. I really do enjoy that. It's, it's potentially one of my callings. Hmm. You did, and I'm sure our listeners will think so as well. And we'll have everything that we talked about in the show notes of this interview. So thank you so much, and bye-bye. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> thank you. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.